name of the true and living God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. It's, again, a signature pleasure and gift to be with you here at St. James. I want to thank your wonderful rector for his confidence and trust in inviting me today to supply for him on a wonderful occasion that he's experiencing this weekend, which is the marriage of his daughter in North Carolina. What a gift and wonder that is. And so we pray for Father Roy and his family and look for their return. But again, it's a joy to be with you. This is my fourth visit with you, and I feel like I'm beginning to be an old shoe around here. Uh, But every time Nancy and I come, and Nancy is with me again today, every time we come, we are filled with a sense of the goodness and greatness of God and his love through you and through this wonderful parish, St. James. So you're blessed to be here. You know, we've just come through and actually we're living in the wake of what we experienced on Tuesday on Election Day. And regardless of what political affiliation or vote we may have cast, the important reality is right here, right now, right in this moment. And that is that we are all the beloved of God, the deepest core identity of who we are. We are the children of God together. And so it's wonderful to be here with you and to celebrate that reality. Well, we're coming to the end of the liturgical year. In two Sundays from now, we will celebrate Christ the King Sunday, and then following is the first Sunday of Advent. We have walked through the journey of a whole Christian year. And it's at this time that the liturgy and the lections, the lessons for the day, focus on the consummation of all things, the end of all things, the return of Christ. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. And of course, it also brings to our mind in a vivid way, not only the return of Christ, but our return to God one day. It brings to mind the fact of our contingency and the transience of life. We are dependent beings. We are really kept alive by the very action of God's love and grace. We are contingent and we are transient. Time is moving on. If you don't believe that, just look at yourself and recognize that time is moving on. I know that this week, especially because on Tuesday morning I I have oral surgery and having two teeth extracted. Something's happening to my body. But the important thing is to remember who we are and where we are going. Speaking of his own consummation, of his own death, Shakespeare gave these words to Hamlet. Maybe you'll remember them. He says this, There's a special providence in the fall of a sparrow. If it be now, tis not to come, If it be not to come, it will be now. And if it be not now, yet it will come. The readiness is all. The readiness is all. That's what I want to share with you today. Being ready for the coming of Christ 
being ready for every new day of our journey of life, and ultimately being ready for eternity, is an invitation and a challenge to live an attentive life. Here's what I mean. When we reach eternity, we only take one thing with us, and that is the person that we have become. That's what God gets out of your life, and you get out of your very own life. It's who you are. It's the person that you have become in this journey that God gave to you when he painted you into the canvas of reality and said, it's your turn. Go. As a priest, I've had the deep, deep privilege of walking with people in companionship through this journey and particularly towards the ends of their lives. I'm going to share with you about a person who really vividly brought this home, this readiness, this attentiveness to me. Her name was Yokola. She's a member of my parish at All Saints Episcopal Church in Winter Park. Yokola was a good friend, especially to my wife, Nancy. And in the middle of a very vibrant, radiant life, she got a diagnosis of Lou Gehrig's disease. And watching her through that incredible, incredible journey of the end of her life was one of the greatest gifts that I've ever received in learning what it means to live an attentive life. Towards the end, she, she couldn't speak anymore, but she texted me. And I got this text, and it said, please come and give me last rites. And I thought, well, that's odd. She's not really near death. She's getting closer, but I'll go anyway. So I went, and I said, Yukola, do you really want me to give you last rites? And this is what she said. I kid you not. She looked at me straight in the eyes, and she said, Father Rob, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. The readings that we have today point us to the need for readiness. It's a, a picture of what it means to live life between the coming of Christ and our own particular span of years. And Jesus gives to us one of the most mysterious yet powerful and vibrant parables and stories what it means to live an attentive life. It's the story of the ten bridesmaids, or known as the ten virgins. Because living a life of attentiveness is a challenge and an invitation to us all. And for me, there are three kind of metaphors or three movements that have helped me understand my own personal readiness. Because can I make a confession to you? that one of the great challenges for me is that I so easily live a distracted life. There's this gravitational pull that all these things in front of me and around me call for my attention, but the one thing most ultimately that I need to pay attention to is my relationship with God. So Jesus tells this remarkable story. He says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Now remember, the last time I was with you, back in September, I spoke about having the mind of Christ 
and the reality that Jesus came to announce to us another quality and kind and species of life that we could enter into now. He called it the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. It was the primary theme of his teaching, of his healing, of his life. He manifested the reality. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is God's immediate availability and sufficiency to anyone who calls upon him. In other words, God's presence, his peace, his guidance, his love, his sufficiency, his reality that you can count on and trust and experience now, not later. You can go and enter into this reality in this life, not only the next. That's what Jesus was preaching. And so the first kind of movement to a attentive life is to enter this. It's to enter into the kingdom of God on a daily basis, to stay awake and alive to the presence of the one who loves you. When you roll out of bed in the morning, perhaps the most important thing you could say when you put your feet on the ground is this. You are here. You're here. My Father, my God, the lover of my soul, you are with me. So this life is available. It's within arm's reach, and it's literally at hand. And I know it's hard because we live an amphibious life. You know, there's two landscapes that intersect with our experience. There's the landscape of this world, which seems to dominate our consciousness. But there is another world, and it is within this one. Another landscape, the spiritual, the eternal. The Apostle Paul said, so we fix our eyes not on the things that are seen because they're temporal, but on the things that are unseen because they are eternal. And learning how to see, learning how to see the reality of God's presence is what it means to be ready on a daily basis. So entering. I wonder if you have a sense of entering into this reality. Because you see, that's what the Christian journey is all about. It's not simply, although so importantly, the forgiveness of your sins and the death of Jesus for our sins. But it is more importantly, the life of Jesus that comes to live within us now and to know him in an intimate, interactive relationship. So every day that you are given on this earth is a day to enter. Lord, you're here. I received your kingdom. I count on it today. That's the invitation and challenge of entering. The second one that comes out of this parable to me is the invitation to reveal the deepest part of us. What's in our hearts. Now these ten bridesmaids. We're told that they are wise and they are foolish. The foolish ones, we're told, did not take any oil with them, oil for their lamps. Oil is the metaphor of the light and the fire and power of life, of vitality and sufficiency. And so Jesus says to them, when they come knocking on the door, I, I'm not aware of you. I don't know you. I've never known you. Now, that sounds so, so hard. But just give it some thought. 
For anything to become knowledgeable and real, it has to be personal. It has to be an intimate, interactive relationship, or it will not be real. And the same thing is true in our relationship with God and his kingdom. It has to be intimate, interactive. We have to know that God is acting with us and that he knows us and loves us, and we know him and we can experience him here and now. The invitation is to reveal what's really going on in the depths of our heart. And so the question really is, where is my treasure? What is my focus? What am I counting on to be ultimately real? Where is my treasure? Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your inner life will be. That's where your heart will be. And so what is my treasure? What is it that I really treasure? What is it that I'm really pouring my life into? Where and what drives my attention? That's going to be my treasure. So it reveals our heart, this coming of Christ, this reality. It's a time of examination to to ask ourselves that serious question. Where is my treasure? The invitation to reveal the deepest part of us, and that's a challenge as well. And then finally, in this parable, I see the invitation to practice a way of being awake, of being awake. Jesus said at the end, watch, therefore, stay awake, therefore, for you do not know the day or the time. You don't know the ultimate horizon that is before you. All you have is this day. So therefore, stay ready, stay alive, be open, walking in the presence and goodness and love of a God who is in love with you. One of the great Spanish, Spanish poets, Antonio Machado. Antonio Machado. Don't you like that name? Just the way it rolls off the tongue. Antonio Machado. Listen to what he said. Beyond living and dreaming, there is something more important. Beyond living and dreaming, there is something more important. Waking up. Waking up to the longing that is within you, every one of us. Here's a quote from another wonderful psychiatrist and spiritual director, Gerald May, and I'm going to kind of close with this. He said these words, and they've haunted me throughout much of my life. Listen to this. This is really good. Listen to this. There is a desire within each of us in the deep center of ourselves that we call our heart. We're born with it. It is never completely satisfied, and it never dies. We're often unaware of it, but it is always awake. It is the human desire for love and for God. So, my friends, I pray that these words really bring encouragement to you that you recognize the gift of your life and the invitation that God gives to you to enter, enter into the reality and the interactive gift of his present kingdom to you, his sufficiency, his love, his grace. It's here. You can enter it and know it day by day. Not perfectly, obviously, but substantially. Enter it and then allow 
the words of the gospel to reveal your heart. Where is my treasure? What am I pouring my life into and for what reason and why? Where will I be at the end of my days? And then the invitation to practice the presence of God, seeing its importance every, every moment. I pray that you would have a rich life of joy and power, abundant in supernatural results, with a constant clear vision of a never-ending life in God's world before you, and the everlasting significance of your work day by day, and that, like Eucola, we all would have a radiant life and a radiant death whenever that day comes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.